Did Peyton Thorne leave because he lost the starting job? Also, hey, are us state fans, are we just being a bunch of whiny little, mm, you know what? And then, hey, just a little bit of basketball news at the end of the show. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Spartan friends, Spartan family, Locked on Spartans listeners, thank you so much for joining us here today at Locked on Spartans. Your team in green and white five days a week, especially during this incredibly news, uh, busy news-filled week with all the stuff going on with the transfer portal. More guys going out than coming in, but, you know, hey, we did get that little victory yesterday with Chuck Brantley coming back. So if you want to listen to that, yesterday's episode is where to guide you. And, hey, any other episodes, you know where to find us again five days a week. Please rate review and subscribe to this here podcast. Uh, I'm your host Matt Sheehan and let's just get into it right now. There was a lot of chatter about Peyton Thorne after he entered the transfer portal. That goes without saying but there was a good subsect of that chatter especially you know on the internet uh, where everyone's got a voice, everyone's got an opinion that said loudly that hey you know what Peyton Thorne entered the transfer portal for one reason and one reason only and it is clear that he lost that starting job and he's just running away from it, trying to find a different school because he was unseated as the starting quarterback at Michigan State. And let's, I'll just cut right to the chase. Nah, no. Nah, that's not how it happened. Uh, look, hey, I, I love that rationale. I do. It's, it's very fun. Uh, it makes us seem like, no, you can't fire me because I quit. You know, it, it puts the power in our court, but... Uh, that is not how it unfolded from uh, everything I've known. And also, I think just, uh, just knowing human behavior. I don't think that this is as much of a football thing as it is a human behavior thing. Because let me explain here. Let's all try to put ourselves into the helmet of Peyton Thorne. All right. Uh, hey, here's a kid. Two years in a row, he starts at quarterback. One of those years, double-digit wins, Peach Bowl victory. It is amazing what he is doing, uh, and then after that second year, okay, he's being brought into a quarterback battle, be, despised being a two-year starter. Uh, and not just a quarterback battle, you know, between two other guys, but a quarterback battle where it seems like at least 80% of fans are openly rooting against him to win this job. Uh, it seems to me that, hey, if I'm painting the thorn, okay, I, I'm not really feeling the support of the fan base here, and hey, I'll put my hand up. I've said as much that... Maybe it wouldn't be the worst thing to see the page turn to the future, whether it be Noah Kim or Kaden Hauser. I think I even went as far as saying that. I'd rather go six and six with Kaden Hauser than eight and four with Peyton Thorne because, well, you know, as far as those bowl games go, I don't see a big difference between an eight and four bowl game and a six and six bowl game, but at least we're turning the page in this program's history. So, yeah, I, I'm one of those 80% of people. I'm not here to throw stones in a glass house. And also, while all this is going on here in East Lansing, having to go through a quarterback battle despite being the two-year incumbent, despite a lot of fans maybe not supporting him, he's also got other programs out there, at least one other program out there, that's courting him, saying like, hey, dude, bud, we think you're awesome. You, you want to come down here and be our starting quarterback? Uh, a lot of fans will be excited. It's going to be a fresh face. You're going to have a clean slate. You're going to feel loved down here. So here is what Peyton Thorne's options were at the end of the spring transfer portal window. Come back. 
to a school where I don't even know if I'm loved anymore uh, by the fans, and I don't even know if I'm trusted by the program since they have me in this battle with two other guys, or I could go to school B. Um, let's call it a school in Alabama, for example, just hypothetically. Uh, there's 120, 130 college football teams out there. Could be any one of them, but let's just say one in Alabama is talking to me about how pretty I am, you know, talking to me about how great my arm is, uh, just how great of a pro or how great of a quarterback I would be down there, and maybe even to sweeten the deal a little bit, some sweet NIL money. What would you choose? What would, what would you choose? Because uh, I got to say, you know, can't knock the kid. I think a lot of us would pick option B there, you know, get that fresh start at a different school. So whether that happens, uh, you know, down in uh, old SEC country or anywhere else, Look, I, I, I think that was the situation that unfolded. I don't think it would make a lot of sense for the coaching staff to throw Peyton Thorne out as the number one quarterback, clearly, in that open spring practice to end the spring practice cycle. And then all of a sudden, behind closed doors, say, hey, Peyton, by the way, that was all fake. Uh, Noah Kim's got the job. Uh, thanks a lot for playing along with us and acting like he had the starting job, but uh, sorry, you're actually number two. I got a very hard time believing that would have unfolded after spring practice. Because who would that even benefit? I, I don't even think that would benefit Noah Kim at all. It wouldn't benefit Kate Hauser at all. And it certainly wouldn't benefit Peyton Thorne. So that's how I see it unfolding. A choice between a place that, I, who knows who likes me. And, well, okay. I can get a nice start somewhere else. At a place that kind of wants me. Yeah, that doesn't seem all too bad, does it? Uh, so let's talk about this, though, with... Um, the news and everything unfolding. Is this good for the future of the program? Both short-term and long-term. I think it's going to make a lot more sense in the shorter term. You know, maybe by 2029, we don't feel the impacts of this anymore. But let's start short-term. Is this good for the program? On the surface, uh, look, no. No, and I know that I'm being a hypocrite right now. I'm just actually contradicting something I said a few minutes ago. Uh, that, hey, you know what? Yeah, I wouldn't mind changing the page to Noah Kim or Kaitlyn Hauser. That'd be nice. But on the surface, no, it's not great because, well, hey, just like we said, he was the number one guy coming out of spring. And also, hey, just from a sheer number standpoint, I like having to pick between the option of three quarterbacks in fall camp than just two quarterbacks. Especially when you get to the other two options are two largely unproven guys so far. I know that Noah Kim, hey, he threw a few touchdowns last year, did not throw any interceptions. He looked solid in the spring game, but hey, that's a, there's a big difference between playing uh, the Akron number two defense and then going into Iowa City on the road for the fifth game of your career or starting at quarterback against Washington for the third game of your starting career. So, Yes, Peyton Thorne, hey, look, say what you will about him. I'd say yeah, average, you know, I'd be between two years ago, which was really good, and then last year, which was eh, not so good. I that Right now, that's out at an average. Average might be the best you have, though. We just don't know. We don't know what we're going to get out of Noah Kim, and we won't know that answer until, yeah, the earliest we could start really judging him is maybe after that Washington game. And it might even take a few games after that to get a concrete answer, but that's the surface. When you go back a little deeper, maybe this is better for the program. Of course, it's better for both both parties involved, probably. I know, I'm sure Peyton Thorne um, really likes this decision. He made it for a reason. But I think the program can benefit it from, uh, from this as well because whoever the quarterback is now, whether it's Noah Kim or Kaitlyn Hauser, 
I think there's going to be a lot longer of a leash from support within, whether it be the coaching staff or just the 75,000 people at Phil Spartan Stadium for these first few games here. You know, a lot more patience with whoever quarterback is right now. I could see it being, uh, hey, one possession game in the third quarter against Central Michigan, Peyton Thorne and company go three and out, and you start to hear some boo birds around Spartan Stadium and how is that healthy? You know, how is that doing anyone any good? Whereas, look, I'm not going to say that. We're not going to be a little irritated if it's a one-possession game in the third quarter against Central Michigan with Hauser or Kim as the quarterback. But yeah, I think that there's going to be a little bit more patience with these guys growing into that new uh, position. So, I don't know. I just I, I think a, a, a little bit of patience with the quarterback position might benefit everyone here. Whether it's the program, whether it's just these players, whether it is Hauser or Kim or guy, you know, maybe even another transfer quarterback. I would highly doubt that, though. But yeah, maybe this just is better for all parties involved. Obviously, it's going to be better for Peyton Thorne. Again, he made this decision for a reason, but I, I think that in the end, Michigan State might be better off here because uh, the start of the season is going to be pretty important here. You want to get out of September. 4-1 and one sounds really good. 3-2 and two you could swallow, I guess. You know, losing on the road to Iowa and at home against Washington. There's not a lot of shame around that, but, man, it'd be nice to just win at least one of those games as well. So, best of luck to Peyton. Uh, and, oh, just came across a blotter here. Uh, apropos of nothing, uh, TJ Finley, Auburn quarterback. He just announced his transfer, huh? wonder if that's going to impact anything. Highly doubt it. All right, we will get into this a little more, uh, just of our reaction. As state fans, uh, there's a big-time local radio personality. You guys know who he is. It's Mike Valeni. He called us state fans a bunch of whiny words I can't say on here. But, hey, first, need to talk your ear off about Built Bar. Built Bar, as you know, gang, is the best protein bar in the land. They say it right here. Say, hey, it tastes as good as a candy bar, but I'm going to shoot you even more straight than that. They taste better than a lot of these candy bars out there. They are wrapped in 100% real chocolate. They are soft, chewy, absolutely delightful to devour, and they treat your body right. All right, most of these Built Bars, just 170 calories, just 4 grams of sugar, but a whopping 17 grams of protein. You are not going to feel weighed down, bogged down before your workout or your day of yard work or day at the in-laws, whatever you need the Built Bar for. Not going to feel all jittery and weighed down. You're just going to feel the power of that protein. So next time you head into Walmart, next time you head into Sam's Club, or if you like the good old-fashioned internet, go to Built.com. Stock up on those Built Bars. Go find a new flavor that you'll love. I must recommend the Built Puff line. Those are fantastic. So anyway, you slice it. Walmart, Sam's Club, or Built.com. Go get your Built Bars. All right, let's do it here. Uh, on the local airwaves of Metro Detroit, 97.1, that's right, the flagship sports station around here, there's a personality that people either absolutely love or absolutely hate, and his name is Mike Valeni. Uh, just first and foremost, to get uh, this out of the way, I, I, I'm in camp. I love the guy. You know, I, I do uh, find him quite amusing, quite entertaining. He sticks up for us Spartans, but this was not one of those times, and uh, got a little viral here on the internet uh, with his little rant that he had. This was after Keon Coleman announced his transfer. This was after Peyton Thorne announced his transfer. And, hey, I'm one of these people, I think. We didn't really find that news all too thrilling. Not necessarily jazzed about everything that happened over the weekend at the 11th hour of the transfer portal window being opened. And 
I was kind of pretty actually scared about where the program may be headed or may not be headed. But hey, what did Mike Valeni have to say if you missed it? He said, quote, Spartan fans, grow up. You're acting like a bunch of BIT. You know how that ends. Some of you guys are such clown <laughs> clown donkeys. I can't even verbalize it. <laughs> oh, man, he, he knows how to paint a, uh, a picture with words, doesn't he? Um, So... Look, this was like a nine-minute rant about how uh, Michigan State fans are overreacting big time to this. You know that it, uh, it happens in the world of college football. Every team gets a player picked from their team at some point in time. And yes, even the star players get picked away. And that's the long and short of it. Doing a lot of paraphrasing there. But that was it. It's just like, hey, suck it up and deal with it. Uh, okay, so we're going to get into that. A little bit, because I kind of just want to justify our behavior here, and I don't think that we are being wusses, or that we're just melting down like a bunch of whiny little babies. Because, uh, first and foremost, let's just hit this right now. What else was our reaction supposed to be when this happens? Uh, Sunday, the day the transfer portal closes and your starting quarterback leaves, which, okay, a lot of fans swallowed that one pretty easily. A lot of people aren't Peyton Thorne fans. Fine, whatever. How about the best player on your offense, though, in Keon Coleman? Were we just supposed to be like, ah, oh, oh, that, oh, that's the portal. Oh, it happens. Good luck to him. Oh, well, shocks. Like, no, that's, that's pretty alarming when starting quarterback leaves and the best player on your offense leaves. And I get that it happens everywhere else, you know? Oklahoma fans, when Caleb Williams left them, do you think they were like, oh, silly portal, oh, that happens, I guess. Their number came up, or when Jordan Addison left Pitt last year, I don't think a bunch of Panther fans were staying around just being like, oh, well, oh, that's going to happen sometimes. On to the next one. No, 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 no. You, you can't show some emotion as a fan, and especially where MSU is as a program right now. Now, however... Before we go any further, I will stop myself. I'm sure maybe some of these comments made about us being a bunch of whiny you-know-whats were maybe more so directed at the people that gave the death sentence to the program, saying like, oh my god, Mel's lost the program, or he'll never recover from this, but I'm not there. I just see a path where we're at right now, because, I look, if, if this happened, say, off a... Of, 8-4 season, or a 9-3 season, and recruiting's going okay, if you want to throw that into the mix. Maybe we swallow this a little easier, but fact of the matter is right now, um, okay, you're coming off a bullless season, all right? And amongst the few players that are really good on your team returning, one of them just left, and that's on an offense that just lost another good receiver in Jaden Reed. That now has to break in another starting quarterback, you don't think that quarterback could have used, I don't know, a Keon Coleman as a safety blanket to throw to in trying times, should they or when they happen? No, I think that's pretty important, and I think it's a massive, massive fall season coming up. All right? I mean, I know that there's a good contention that say, nah, 2024 is the big season, but I, I'm looking at the landscape right now. With all the momentum all the other Big Ten East schools have right now, like Michigan, they're killing it in recruiting, aside from their back-to-back -back Big Ten titles. Ohio State, okay, struggling, but their struggling is still 11-1 seasons going to the Rose Bowl and still recruiting like a machine. And then Penn State, I think, is due for a really good season, and their recruiting seems to never take a dip. So... Not a lot of momentum. You got, what, five guys in your 2024 class right now, and 
that number might dip here pretty soon with either of those cornerbacks that are committed right now. Um, now, there's not a lot of momentum around this program either. And how do you get that? Well, your last saving grace to get momentum is winning in the fall. Uh, clearly, recruiting isn't entirely predicated on winning. We just saw them bring in a top 25 class coming off a 5-7 and seven season. But, okay, a lot of times in recruiting, it's always what you did on the field is reflected two years later in recruiting. Like, for example, you got the top 25 class because two years ago you won the Peach Bowl. That's when these kids were making a lot of their relationships with coaches, getting to know the program. And now, okay, the next class is going to be off a 5-7 and seven season two years ago. And if you don't win enough this year with Michigan doing what they're doing, Ohio State doing what they're doing, Notre Dame, if you want to go regionally, they've always got some sizzle on their stake as well. Penn State, like... I, yeah, it would be really nice to have a player in Keon Coleman that actually might make a one or two game difference for the offense. So, again, one player, uh, I know the old adage is, uh, one player doesn't make or break a team. Just suck it up. It's next man up. But not like, Keon was our next man up after Jaden Reed left. You know, that was one departure that we all knew was coming. He was going to go to the NFL. But now we're sliding... Trey Mosley up to wide receiver one. And again, I huge Trey Mosley fan. Love Trey Mosley. Mr. Reliable, as I call him. I just I have a hard time believing he's going to get a lot of double teams as wide receiver one, like Keon was going to this year, or Jaden did, did last year. And now behind him, Montori Foster as the two, or Chris Fitzpatrick as the two, where surely they're going to go portaling for another guy. But man, it's a quite the drop-off here for the wide receiver game. So... Yeah, I, I, that is why I'm a little concerned here. Um, it's yeah, if 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 you want to call me whiny, I, sure, I guess, but I think it's justified whining, if, if I can say so myself. Again, th this isn't like I don't know. Give me a random uh, wide receiver, I, Christian Fitzpatrick. It's not like he left and we're freaking out. Like no, pretty big deal and pretty big drop off between Keon Coleman and the rest of the wide receiver room, but oh well, hey, that's the transfer portal, we're not supposed to be upset about it, so whoop-de-doo. Um, anyway, Keon Coleman uh, visiting Florida State officially this week, that was per, I just had his name written down in my notes here, I'm so sorry, Zach uh, Blastein of 24-7 Sports reported that he has taken an official visit to Florida State this weekend as well, so just wanted to riff on that, and you know what, to psychoanalyze myself here, maybe... And this is maybe for everyone, too. Uh, maybe we're taking it also this hard just because of how fast everything has flipped. We talked about this, uh, the episode right after Keon and Peyton announced their uh, portaling, if you will. That I can't believe how bad things have gotten as quick as they have gotten. Uh, just less than a year ago, last June, let's take it, you know. Five-star city visiting East Lansing. Highly rated four-stars visiting East Lansing. There's a Peach Bowl trophy that just got put into the trophy case. You're 2-0 in your last two years against Michigan. Things are really looking great. And less than a year after those great feelings last June, doesn't it seem like the entire, entire log cabin has just fallen down and is just kind of burning? And, hey, you know what? This was one of my favorite pieces that Colton Pouncey of The Athletic did uh, year in and year out while he was the beat reporter for Michigan State. And let's just go to right now. It was the fan survey. He'd send out a Google Doc uh, asking Michigan State fans a bunch of questions. And it's just crazy where we are now. Compared to where we were last, I believe it was May when this piece came out on The Athletic. But uh, there was a ton of questions in there. I just got three highlighted that I just want to show to maybe 
it brings some clarity as to why we're feeling as uh, down as we are because how fast everything has unfolded. Um, the first question, how would you describe the current condition of Michigan State football? There was over 1,500 people that answered this question. Very good, 63.2%. Excellent, 26.2%. Good, 10%. And then fair and poor just got a combined 0.6%. It was a 99% approval rating for the Michigan State program. All right, dictators. North, North Korea doesn't even have the approval rating for their dictator. That's over 99%. But Michigan State had it last year. I mean, how high could we have possibly... We could not feel higher last year. Another question. Two years in, what are your thoughts on the Mel Tucker hire? Again, more than 1,500 people answered this. Love it was 85.5%. Like it, 12.6%. Need to see more, 1.6%. Don't like it was 0.3%, and then a whopping 0% said hate it. That is, yeah, once again, that's above 93, actually, that's above 98%. Either like it or love it. Um, again, hey, there might be some people that still like it. I love it, I would have a hard time believing, but yeah. Right now, I'm in the need to see more. Uh, I don't, I don't hate it yet, but I'm starting to get a little worried here. Uh, let's also start to learn how to coach in late game situations. That might not hurt things. Uh, anyway, the third question here was, what are your thoughts on Mel Tucker's contract extension? Again, over 1,500 votes. The right move, we got our guy and he's worth it, was at 72.6% last year. A bit premature, but I like the direction of the program, was 26.3. And then a bad move, way too much money for one winning season. That was 1.1%, and my goodness gracious, if you were part of that 1.1%, eh, well, you might be able to laugh in everyone else's face like mine and say, I told you, maybe wait a little bit longer here, but again... This could all be righted here this fall with a nice, solid season, which can still happen. Hey, there are some good pieces on this team still. It's just going to be a little harder after you lost one, arguably two, really strong pieces on this team. So we'll see. Uh, we're going to switch things up to the basketball court here. Uh, just a little bit of recruiting tidbits. And first and foremost, before any recruiting tidbits, David Borges. This is about scheduling coming up this season. The Gavit Games, uh, you know, kind of a new-ish thing here. Big Ten versus Big East. It was reported that all the Big East teams would be available for the Gavit Games coming up. And that already seems to not be the case. Uh, he reports, quote, on Twitter, nothing is official and likely... Oh, Yep, nothing is official and likely won't be for another month or so, but it appears UConn is not likely to play in this year's Gavit Games, contrary to uh, prior reports. We've been saying up and down, uh, whenever the Gavit Games is brought up, that it'll probably be MSU versus UConn or MSU versus Marquette. Those are two clearly uh, superior teams in the Big East Conference. Uh, Joe Lenardi has them both as one seeds in his bracketology because... Who doesn't like some late April, early May bracketology? Um, but yeah, that seemed to be a, a pretty good leader in the clubhouse for who MSU would play in the Gavit games. Last year was Villanova. Uh, you could see them taking a trip out to Stores, Connecticut to face UConn in another top five matchup. And Izzo has to just be furious at this news that UConn's not available anymore because, again, as we know as state fans, Tom Izzo would schedule NBA teams if he could, and he would do it on back-to-back -back nights, make the schedule as harsh as humanly possible on his team. Um, but yeah, a trip out to UConn will not be happening, it looks like. So if I had to bet, 
And if you followed our best bets in March Madness, uh, this means absolutely nothing. Uh, but if I had to bet, I, my guess would be, yeah, you're going to get that Marquette game, uh, whether it's going to be a rematch at Breslin Center or a rematch over there in Milwaukee. I mean, that, that that's just a, a ratings bonanza for whoever gets that game. I believe it would be Fox Sports 1. But, yeah, uh, just the rematch of the round of 32 game from last year. I mean, how could that go wrong? So, yeah, that's if I had to put money on it, I'd put a substantial wager that MSU does face Marquette in those Gavit games and kind of hoping so as well. Uh, just two quick little recruiting notes. This is for 2024. Off the top here, Jonathan Powell, four-star shooting guard uh, in the 2024 class. He's narrowed his list down to six schools, Clemson, Indiana, Michigan State, Ohio State, Virginia Tech, and Xavier. Uh, again, shooting guard ranks uh, just inside the top 100 nationally. Uh, he's pretty all over the place depending on what recruiting site you look at. But, yeah, no no hard timetable for his commitment, but sometime uh, this summer is to be believed. Now, more locally, we're going to go to the 2025 class out of Detroit, Michigan, out of Cass Tech to be specific. Darius Acuff, six foot two point guard who actually just led Cast Tech to a state title. Uh, he got his Michigan State offer, and this seemed to be a long time coming because uh, he recently picked up offers from Kansas, picked up offers from Kentucky, and right now he's not ranked, but he absolutely dominated the Nike EYBL circuit, averaged over 18 points, four rebounds, four assists across the four games. So that is one to keep your eye on. Um, of course, it is very appealing that he is from Detroit, but I can't look at a, a top-flight high school basketball player in the state of Michigan and not think that, well, they'll probably leave for a prep school outside the state just because of you know how much the MHSAA handcuffs very talented basketball players and how uh, appealing prep schools are for kids uh, in situations you know, like every other solid kid in the state of Michigan. So we'll see if he goes elsewhere. Um, that'll obviously open up his recruitment as if basketball recruiting isn't already national enough. But, yeah, he might uh, be exposed to more programs out there. But he's already been exposed to Kentucky, Kansas. Those will be two tough teams to beat. But, hey, right down the road, Michigan State, I like to think we're a pretty solid pro program as well. Um, again, not ranked yet, but this kid will be a highly rated four-star or five-star once those get updated. Uh, should he commit? I mean, I like the way this sounds. It'd be Darius Acuff studying under the uh, apprenticeship of junior Jeremy Fears and then uh, senior Trey Holloman, should they both still be around. So, yeah, that, that'd be a nice little combination of point guards to learn under uh, as a freshman here at Michigan State. So, just one to keep your eye on. Uh, again, we probably got a good year until a commitment comes. Um, but, yeah, Darius Acuff out of Cass Tech. Really love this kid's game. I, I did watch his uh, Division I uh, high school state championship not too long ago. And, yeah, just explosive player. Does it all. I, I mean, look, there's, there's nothing I'm going to say right now uh, that you're going to learn after I just said, yeah, Kansas offered him and Kentucky offered him. He's a pretty good all-around player on both ends of the court. So, yeah, that's that would be a really nice one. But, again, 2025, we got a hot minute here for this kid that's, well, currently a sophomore in high school. So, all right, gang, we will be back on tomorrow's show. Uh, yeah, whatever it is, uh, whether it's mailbag questions, when he, whether any news breaks, but I do know this, we will be ending tomorrow's show with our favorite annual game. Kentucky Derby jockey or Michigan State student athlete. It's going to be a hoot and a half, so keep it tuned to that. Until then, hey, go enjoy the rest of your day. Love you all. Go Green.